to Coins in the Hood Season 1 Episode 5 um, here with Rab and Bones um, we're going to just smash straight into Southampton or are we going to anything you want to talk about uh, top of the league's nice top of the league yeah oh uh, yeah that's should we get straight into it then? <laughs> yeah we've been sitting on not talking about Spurs for about 48 hours when did we play Saturday wasn't it yeah Saturday, Saturday 3 o'clock so we haven't spoken about Spurs since Saturday 5pm it's been hard to keep in it really has I didn't watch it again it was another one I didn't watch I've, I've watched it I've actually watched it since I've seen the highlights extended highlights I watched a rerun of the game which was about 63 minutes of the of the match so that's probably all of it when you think about throw-ins corners and all the bo- bullshit that happens in a full match but yeah what a bad game was it it's really good like even when they took the lead through quite fortuitous goal I, I still had no doubt like we were we were pretty much efficient and confident throughout the whole game like it was just I was kind of couldn't really believe what I was seeing like we were just ruthless by the end of it again it's going back to like I didn't watch the game so when I got to finally see the scoreline because I was working it was already one all so was there any point like in the first I don't know like 15 minutes or so where it looked like Southampton were good for their leads they deserved it do you know what I mean uh, no not really it was it was just a bit yeah first game of the season and it um, yeah very lucky goal in that time when they scored I was struggling to find a stream and one minute it was nil-nil and then when I found the stream it was one nil so it was a bit disappointing, but... Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest, I was disappointed to see it was one all and we'd conceded first. But it was also like, actually, we've, we've pulled it back. I see Sessegnon score, and I was like, yeah, fuck it, that's good. I'm happy that... It felt good that Sessegnon scored, do you know what I mean? It was... Yeah. It, it, it's one of them, them goals that they scored where you kind of... Hugo couldn't really do much more. Like, he couldn't really be... He hit it into the ground, didn't he? Yeah, it was, it was a good, it was a good up. like sort of lucky finish, but a good technique from Ward Prowse, obviously. Yeah, I mean Southampton are shit. Like they've got Ward Prowse, who's pretty much going to be the only player that makes the difference between them probably staying up this season. I, I think I think they're pretty toilet. I mean, you could you could say it was probably a bit disappointing that there was he was there on the edge of the area or just inside, completely unmarked. So that might be a slight disappointment but yeah I think that was probably the only disappointment in the whole game apart from we probably even at 2 when we were winning 2-1 we should have been well out of sight we were all over them we looked dangerous well we're going to pick it apart uh, over the next hour or so and we're going to be talking about Chelsea as well um, there's a, another couple of bits we're going to be getting into today which very I'm excited for that yeah I won't, I won't say too much about it for the moment but there is a new segment in this podcast, and it's um, it's going to be. Hold on. 
I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> there is a new segment, and it is about the, uh, the, the, the abilities, the gifts that Bonesy has in predicting the future. Um, is it a gift? Is he fucking bananas? Or is it a curse? All those questions and more will be answered <laughs> later on in the podcast. Um, so yeah, Chelsea, uh, there's a preview for that. And then we'll talk about um, the new signing. Has it been confirmed of Destiny? You, you, it's been you Here We Dogi? Go Here we go by Romano. Yeah, but I That's... think he got called out last week for doing that with Cucurella. But actually, he actually did end up signing for Chelsea anyway, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So Brighton called him out and then he signed anyway, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah maybe we can me. have that one. Yeah, yeah no, it's cool. I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy to. Uh, yeah, we'll say we'll say that he's probably signed for Spurs, but mm. it's a loan back anyway, so it's not like we're going to see him playing yeah. for Spurs this season. Um, and we have also got the shittest eleven of the Premier League era, which we've been working on since last week, and we still don't know what it is. We've got it. I'll explain how we've put that together, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dip into that one a bit later. Um, so getting back to Southampton. Who's your man in the match in that game? I think there's only really one name. Yeah, I think it's it's got to be Kulisevsky. Yeah, he was he was different level. He he, I've not seen a player come in, uh, in January as well, and just come in and just take the Premier League like a duck to water. He was so good. Um, and he was twenty one when we signed him as well, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, I think like Graham Souness said today that. He reminds me of De Bruyne. Yeah, only because he got a ginger face. Like, there's, there's no other reason <laughs> no, for it. There is, there is some. Sh- I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, I uh, so, but there is, there is the like, like he's not, he's just technically great and not very fast, and but he is kind of strong as well. Like, it's really weird. Like, yeah, he's just, he's just such a good footballer. Like, I can't believe that Juve gave him to us. He's insane. Uh, is he our player? I hope because uh... he, he's he's on loan, isn't it? Because it was a loan, a year and a half loan with the obligation to buy it. Am I right in no, saying I that? I think it was. I think it was. There was one of two options. Uh, you had two options. I think it was after the first year we could have we could have bought him in the summer. Yeah. So after the, in the summer we could have bought him for X amount of millions, or we could have extended the loan for another year and then bought him for a slightly larger X amount of millions I think there's about 5-10 mil difference in but essentially he's not going to cost us a lot of money is he he's going to cost us it's something like 25 million isn't it something, I think it's 35 million euros or something like that yeah yeah which is yeah. it's looking like a bargain it is I, I said I said I think on episode 1 or 2 when we were talking about the signings I said that he's probably still the one I'm most excited about just because of what he showed last season and how young he is and he looks fucking. He looks. He looks crazy. Well, I think they um they had the um, they got his stats up, and I think he was like f- third in the Premier League for. I think it was behind De Bruyne and there was someone else, but he was like third for goals and assists. I think I saw a stat where he was only second, like only third to Kane and Son of goal involvement involvements over the last year. Yeah, like twenty twenty two cal- calendar year. Yeah, twenty twenty two. So I, I only that. behind Kane and Son for goal involvements. That is crazy that we got the three hottest motherfuckers in the Premier <laughs> League. Like, yeah, and that only goes bodes I, well. I'm, you know, other than that, you know, the, the team was the same as it was at the back end of last season. Do you know what I mean? It mm. was. But everyone looked on it. Everyone looked on it. And Southampton, well, let's not get too carried away because we've got, we've got Chelsea this weekend. But, you know, we went 1-0 down and 
completely kept our core and just smashed them out of the park really could have, it could have and should have been more goal, the more than should have been yeah. and I think we've, we've finally got a player that when Kane and Son aren't aren't firing on all cylinders because I don't know they, there was a bit of rust there maybe from pre-season or but Kulu stepped up when those two didn't and it was it was kind of weird to watch Spurs not have to rely on those two for once well that's that's a good point we, we will get on to Kane and Son uh, but before before we do get on to Kane and Son could we possibly look at like notable mentions because there were so many good performances um, there, there was opportunity to have other men of the match or players of the match um, so who would be your notable mentions in, in that respect because I thought Sessegnon and Royale probably were amongst that maybe I, Bentacor as well I'd I'd second Royale I thought he looked solid um, he looked on it he looked like he was he looks like he's worked on what he needs to do in the final third He's not so hesitant, and even though sometimes his delivery is still a bit off, but yeah, he looked on it. Um, Sessegnon had a good game, was unlucky not to get a second goal. Well, he was a fair bit offside, but yeah, he, he done well, and I think the goal meant a lot to him. And yeah, Benton Core, another solid performance, and he looked... He looked like, I can't remember what game it was last year, where we were struggling at half-time, and then, for whatever reason, Conte must have stuck a rocket up his ass. But in the second half, Bentecourt came out, and he was on the front foot, he was getting involved. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, but he looked yeah. good. He did look good. Honestly. But that looked like, from the first minute, he looked... Uh, he's, he's been, for me, he's been what we've, we've been missing for years, and I've, I've banged on about it for fucking two or three years, I think. We need a proper number eight in there. We've always had we've had destroyers in there, we've had you know just fucking dogs in there doing the doing all the all the running and the dirty work, but we've not had a proper number eight. And Harry Winks is that and has been that, but he, he ain't got that quality to be that player. And I think Benacor is is that guy. He's he's got that composure, calmness on the ball, and he just he just he just does things with a bit of elegance and a bit of class that I haven't seen for. Since Musa, like it just looks like very very comfortable in that position, does things in his time, yeah. and he can do it under pressure as well. I think he's so good technically, and he can he can bring he can like literally bring the ball down and keep it moving forward like click of a finger. He's so good at bring like getting the ball where he wants. And the decision making from yeah. all the players as well looks a bit more. They know they know what they're mm. supposed to do in every in every moment. Mm. Whether they're defending, whether they're facing uh, our own goal, where, wherever they are, they know the right option to take at, at, at every time. And that's 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 Conte's game plan, yeah. isn't it? He, he's they said you know a lot of the talk when we first got him was he takes the thinking out of well that's a good thing or, or an enjoyable thing for the players but he takes the thinking out so as soon as they get the ball it's like they know exactly what they need to do because they're they're, they're doing drills constantly Some, sometimes when I watch Bentoncourt I feel like he's got a bit of the Berbatovs about him where he can just yeah. trap the ball in any position the Berbatovs he's got, he's he's got, got a bit of the Berbatovs about him sounds like he's got some sort of illness <laughs> <laughs> being a good footballer um, yeah Sesk uh, also he went I, I don't know if you saw this but um he went off to a standing ovation. I did see it. Yeah. It was quite early in the game as well. I yeah. think it was at like 60-something minutes. 
Well, yeah, I think Conte likes to rotate the fullbacks in the game, but to see to see from sort of he, he's not really done it for the last couple of years. I feel bad for him because I always thought he was going to come good at some point. Absolutely, I, I I've been saying like, I think he's going to be uh, the player that this season is going to be the one that you know when Rose everyone were kind of written off Rose when we first had him. He'd yeah. Just come back from the loan at Sunderland, he wasn't really doing it, and then Pochettino kind of said we're fucking you off to Blackburn Rovers or wherever wherever it was, and then it was a joke. They gave him a new deal, and then he became the Danny Rose that we all fell in love with. I think Sessegnon might be that player this season. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think if he, like, he, he, he looked like the sort of the disallowed goal made him a bit more hungry to score as well. Like, he, he kind of, I feel like the old Sessegnon would have shied away a little bit, but he kept sort of, he didn't, obviously didn't Was have another chance. his first goal for Spurs? Yeah. I think, yeah, he I think so, Bayern yeah. Munich. Oh, his first Premier League goal. Yeah. He scored against Bayern Munich in that game where he got hammered three, seven, whatever it was. No, it was the 3-0 at theirs, I think. He did score him, but... Um, oh, that friendly in the... Was it... The, I think no, it was no, he scored in the, the second league. The second he group scored game. A, definitely scored in the Champions League. He scored a good volley. Think, yeah, a really good volley. We lost 7-2, and then the next... The one where we played away at Bayern, he scored in, I think. Oh, but, right. Yeah. I but, think, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I just thought... I wasn't sure whether they said it was his first goal or whether it was his first Premier League goal, but obviously... It was his first Premier League goal for Spurs because he scored for Fulham when he was playing for them. I'm sure. And I think I think I read an interview where he said, "We'll probably come on to him later." But Perisic had advised him on where to be when the balls crossed in, and I think he missed the chance before the goal he scored. And then he got into the same position and got behind Walker Peters. I think Perisic said something like, "There's going to be space in behind Walker Peters, so if you go there, you're likely to get a goal." And then he said, "Yeah, that's that's kind of what I did, and here I am." So yeah, Sessegnon's arrived. So it, it, the notable mentions, other than obviously Kulusevski being man of the match, he, he absolutely deserved it. He was he was insane. The wing backs were the notable mention. That is obviously a feature of Conte's uh, like his game plan and how he plays. So is it because of? how much competition there is there I mean we've ultimately got three wing backs at each position haven't we so we've got alright Reguilón's probably going to get bounced but he's still there for the moment and if we don't get someone to come in and take him he's going to be there so you get, we've got three on at left wing back and we've got three at right wing back with uh, Doherty and uh, Spence so now if they don't play well if they have a shit game and you know Conte is quite famed for being quite brutal if they don't play well, they don't do what he wants in the game. You're not just second choice; you're fucking third choice. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that an incentive for the performances you've just just seen on day one? That because it was impressive from both wingbacks, wasn't it? I, I see it a little bit differently. Like I see it as because uh, I feel like Conte on past like past management choices, he. Um, he prefers a wing back to come on anyway from sixty minutes. No matter how well you're playing, you should be dead on the pitch, and I need to take you off because you're you're literally fucked. And I think having free means that he can just do that. And it's it's kind of it kind of sounds like from the preseason stuff that they're learning off each other as well. Because uh, obviously, like Emerson upped his game as well. Like he he definitely performed a lot better than. I remember from last season going forward because I think he's always been solid defensively. Yeah, yeah. back in the last season, I, I was yeah. very impressed with him, and like, there's a lot of doubt over whether he could even play in that position. But he, he he pulled out a bag, and especially we were playing it out from the back, and it was a bit nervy. 
but they they did it and they did yeah. it time and time again. It was like fucking hell. This is this is actually working. Mm. And they're doing it really yeah. well and they ca- they look calm as fuck. When I, when when I first saw that they're playing three potentially going to have three wing backs to start the season if we don't uh, offload Reguilón, I can't see us selling Doherty or or Emerson Royale. Then I can't. Emerson's not going anywhere now. I wouldn't, I'll, I'd say I'm not yeah, after that agree. performance. He's he's not going anywhere. And he started with him as well, so that I think that gives a kind of indication of where where his head's at. But I can I, to begin with, I was looking at like what three wing backs in each position. That that's fucking ridiculous. That is that's crazy numbers. We don't need that. But then when you think about the four competitions that we've got, and you think actually, you know what? If my first choice are just just for argument's sake, like Assisignon and uh, uh, Royale. That means they're going to play 60 minutes and then Perisic and Doherty are coming on. And that's Premier League. Maybe Champions League. But then you look at the other competitions, Champions League and say, right, I'm starting Perisic and I'm going to start uh, Doherty and I'm going to bring Spence and Regular. Yeah. And he could do that. He could run them into the ground, give people a rest, mm. a complete rest. And then you start, seeing the lo- you start seeing the logic behind it. You can actually integrate them. If you're giving them 30 minutes, all right, the ones who are third choice, they can only... But Spence can only expect... You know, he can't be thinking he's going to walk straight into a Premier League. So, so I guess it works on both ways, really. Like where it's like it does. Yeah, we have the depth, but also Reglon and Spence. If you want to get into this team, you you better fix up. Yeah, and it's it's that battle for who's going to be playing sixty minutes today. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, so yeah, because it's going to be sixty minutes or thirty minutes. You play two thirds of the game, or you play a third of the game, mm. and it's your yeah. Well, you don't got, play. And I suppose in a way, it, it's good be. Because if that is, is his model, which Rav has looked at and said that he generally it does seems, that... It seems to be the case. You look at Inter and uh, that's the kind of that's the way he plays. I think it bodes well for keeping... Yeah, I mean, maybe three players in each position is a bit excessive, but if he's running them into the ground, then we're going to need depth in those positions. Right, so looking... At- uh, yeah, coming back to Kane and Son, what we were saying about earlier, was it a quiet performance from them too, or was it just that everybody else raised their levels to the Kane and Son levels that we're used to seeing, or is it? Is it? I was going to say, see, when I was watching it, I was. It looked like the ball was getting played into Kane, and he he looked like he was slowing the game up, and he was getting tackled. He was losing the ball. And he didn't really look like he had that where he'd, he'd brush the defender off and he's got a bit of space and he sprays the ball left and right. In the early parts of the game, he was getting caught. It looked like he was getting pressed. And but is the, that just Southampton playing well and, and marking him well? And I think that sticking I th- a man or two on him. I think what they had, they had the. Yeah, I think it was exactly that. So after I was thinking about it, nah, they've, they've purposely done that. So centre half, whoever it is, has followed Kane out into midfield and pressed him. And normally Kane, he's the world's best. He can, yeah, boof. He he can beat centre half, brush him off, and then all of a sudden he's got acres of space. But I think what that Southampton were doing, they were making sure that whenever the, the ball went into Kane, you had the centre half right up his jack seat, but then you also had someone else within like four four or five yards. Right. And it did, it worked a treat for him to start off with because, yeah, Kane, it, it looked like he was being a bit sluggish. 
because he was getting caught on the ball, but I think it was actually good play from Southampton. And as, and as well as that, he's drawing players out and taking the attention of, you know, obviously, Son and Kulisewski had, had a field day. Yeah. And Romero found, I think, if you look at how much space he was getting to run into, it was because Southampton were getting pulled all mm. over the place by the attacking players. And we were finding so much... And that's how, that's how the wingers got so much space to kind of run into. And Yeah, it's... it's it's good. It, I mean, Southampton. Although, yeah, I, I say their shit. They beat us last season at home, yeah. and we I think we drew with them at, at, at theirs. They're a seasoned Premier League team. On their day, they can they can turn it on, and and they and they they, they are a team that work hard, but they are a team that concedes goals. And I think in the last, I think only one only one game they lost thirteen or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. It, they're they're having a bit of a shit time. I do think the players like I think like Ward Prowse, who's the, the their left winger. Gineppo. he yeah, he's decent. He looks half decent, and they've got a couple of other players that are okay. But Robert I, I, Peters, dare I say? But he did have a good game though. He wasn't nah, particularly he was good. Bad, he got he got bullied yeah. a little bit. I thought he has he has looked good for them though. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, no, he has he has been good for them. I was a bit glad to see him go. Mm. But yeah, I think they're going to struggle this season. Southampton. Yeah. I don't think they've got enough quality to to do anything. I, I do think like the um, the Kane and something. There was there was also an element of preseason rust. Like just just because. Like there were a few times where Son would shoot and he would get it on target normally, and it weren't going on target. And Kane, it's weird to 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 score four past the team and not have Kane and Son on the score sheet. Although Son did get an assist. Yeah, it was a pretty good. Yeah, uh, oh, we didn't mention him, but Dyer is also a bit of an unsung hero for this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, his yeah, header yeah. was was pretty clinical, wasn't it? and that's that's the yeah. word clinical. It was very yeah. clinical. Although there was an own goal, it was pretty pathetic. Uh, yeah, of bit Matrix in. Yeah, it was. It did look like yeah, yeah, I mean, it caught yeah. him all kinds of wrong-footed, and he was not. Yeah, we'll take we'll take it at that point. It kind of sealed the game, didn't it? At that point, it was all over. Then a minute later, Kulusevski scored again. I was actually on the train home at that point, trying to get a stream, and I saw it was three-one, and it was four-one. I was like, okay, that's that's cool. But then I got to, I think it was North London, North London Park. Yeah, I got there, and it was seventy minutes, and there was supposed to get on the train. I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, really? Yeah, there was, there was Spurs was to get on the train. I was like, mate, like, what are you doing? Like, how have you just walked out of the stadium? I mean, it's a 10-minute walk, in it, to mm. the station from, from there. So you must have left on 60 minutes. So it's like, come on. I mean, you don't know the circumstances, people, but there was quite a few. I mean, not, not like hundreds, but yeah. quite a few. Enough to notice. You know, maybe maybe like 20 or 30 on the on the platform get on the train. I thought, potentially, maybe they, they went to try and watch it in a pub and they couldn't find anywhere, so they fucked off. You know, you've got to assume yeah. they got to assume they're probably at the game, but whatever. That's piss poor if they, if they did leave that early. And you know, people tend to. I know people that have season tickets and they mm. fuck off early from games. It's a bit weird, but you know, you don't know the circumstances surrounding it. Well, I did hear from someone who's at the game that the atmosphere was pretty good. Yeah, it looked good. I, yeah. I, like I said, I managed to watch it on Sky. They played like an hour and an hour and five minutes of the highlights. Um, so you get you get the majority of it, and uh, yeah, I've been looking at um, different bits and pieces online just to try and look at some... Piece it, Columbo it together. I'm trying to piece it together, yeah, because, again, I haven't watched I haven't watched any pre-season games. I was a bit gutted to find out I had to work on Mr. Game on Saturday. Next week, I'm at a wedding for the Chelsea game this weekend. Um, that's... that's it, look, you Fair know, weather fan. It is what it is. And, you know, I've found out that I'm on a table with um, 
so I spoke to I was at a wedding last week and I was speaking to the, who the, the bride is at this wedding and she said you're on a table with some other Spurs fans I was like okay that's maybe I can slide my phone under the table we can Sky Go yeah so it's 4, 4.30 kickoff. I'm thinking I can go on Sky Go I can put Chelsea on I can watch it but the thing is this happened before and I went to and it was it was uh, my missus friend's wedding a, a few years back and it was the first it was the first game of the season against Villa and I was thinking, like, would it be okay for me to watch the football, like, while I'm, while we're having the meal, or like? And he was like, no, no, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. It's like that episode of Friends with a funeral, wasn't it? When they're all watching the football game. On yeah, the- <laughs> it was a little bit like I'm thinking, can I do that? And I'm surrounded by, I'm surrounded by her mates, and I'm thinking, like, is that is that cool? Like, they're all going to be judging me. They're, none of them, none of them like football really. None of most of them are not really into football. There's a couple of them that do. Um. There's one gooner like he was. This is this is actually a true story. There's one gooner there. And I, he's he's all right, but he's 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 a dickhead. To be fair, sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm I'm turning it down, but he's he's a twat. So I, I decided not to watch it. Right, I thought no, I'm gonna I'm not gonna watch the game. I'm not waiting. I'm gonna show a bit of respect. But then we went one double down to Villa, and I was like, and he came over and he was like, oh, yeah, you know. I uh, simply have scored uh, give me wanker signs and calling me a cunt and all that, everything else I'm just like I'm trying to have a bit of class about me saying yeah, yeah whatever mate I'm you know it's wedding I'm fuming mate I'm fuming so I'm, I've got me fine I've signed it and everyone's judging me I'm sitting there watching it under the table people are just looking at me like yeah this is a wedding mate you should be watching that I was just thinking oh fair enough I won't watch it but then I think Ndombele equalised and we ended up winning 3-1 I think they rolled out of that but yeah, this weekend it's Chelsea. It's different. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a big game. It's a big North. Well, not North, but London derby. Am I taking the piss watching the what, match at a wedding? What time's the ceremony? I think four thirty ties in. We already looked at the planner. So is that the evening time? Four thirty, like the... it's the dinner. I think it ties in with dinner. I think you can get away with it. To be honest, I think mm. wolf your dinner down. Excuse myself. If the speech is going on, it oh, I'm not feeling too well. Nip to the Kazi, and then once all the speeches and that done, and the dance floor is open, I think you're good. I think you're good. Is it one of the ones you know you used to do in your exam? Where you used to have the earphones going up the, the, the <laughs> sleeve of your shirt, like and coming through like the like the cuff. Can you? So um, you kind of got your hand on the table, and you kind of got the earphone covering it, so no one can see you. Can you? Um, can you get it on your watch? I mean, I, I ain't got. I, I won't be able to see it on your watch. I mean, theoretically, I, I think you can link it up with your watch, but yeah, I mean. Radio Five Live. Is it is it okay to watch football at a wedding? Someone else's wedding, obviously. Yes. Is it ever okay to just say fuck this, so, this wedding? I'm gonna watch football. I once went to a wedding where the guy was such a Liverpool fan that the tables were named after Liverpool legends, and weirdly enough, Spurs were playing Liverpool. I think it was. I think we lost. I think it was. Uh, 2-0 but yeah anyway it was kind of it was kind of invited and I feel like the groom might be like a bit more proud of you if you just a bit like yeah I've watched the football sorry man my my idea is to periodically check the scoreline but v- via watching the game not uh, via just looking at an app and seeing what the score is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna have a look. I back it. I, I'm, I totally got my little wireless it. ear, ear pod thing. Have that in one ear. No one can see it. They will see it probably. And then just yeah, have a little, little look and. You know, nah, do it, fine. Do fine. it, do it, do it. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. We'll see. What about, can you like sort of construct something where you stick your phone to your shoe underneath the table so your hands are free so, but you can just have a... How far back from the table have I got to sit to do that? I'll be sitting on like in the middle of the aisle like just with my foot out in front of me like don't know how that's going to work. Right. There's too much talk of shoe shoe phones and whatever that contraption would look like. Um, we are going into the half time period now. We're going to have a little break and when we come back we're going to be going into Bonesy's Mystical Garden. North London is ours. So, welcome to part two of Quiz in the Hood, season one, episode five. We are now approaching a new segment. Um, just to give a little bit of context on it, if you've listened to any of these podcasts or any uh, the very first one, we spent a bit of time talking about what our predicted uh, starting eleven was for the first game of the season. Me and Rav went for romance and rock and roll. Bonesy went for, well, we thought he was going for sensible kind of rational thought. Or maybe he's got a bit of, he's some sort of shaman. He I tapped into the sixth sense, I, th- I he's thought. He's conjured energy from the cosmos <laughs> and he's, he predicted the eleven. Player for player, he done it exactly right. I mean, you know, I don't know. We can pull it apart. We can, we can, we can say it was a, it was a blag. It was luck. Intel, ITK. We don't know. We, we never, and we'll never know. But what we do know that there was something magical about it. And now we're gonna dip so, in. So just on just on that point, um, I've got Conte's. Like Conte, I was reading the program for the Southampton game, and he's given the interview after and you know what I was saying about oh, they got us to the Champions League we should stick with them it's down to the new players to come in and this that and the other um, and it was quite funny when I was reading Conte's what actually Conte said I think that I use common sense because in that moment we are starting the new season and the old players reach a big achievement last season to get a Champions League place in the last 10 games, I think we played really well and we had fantastic results. My message was very clear, clear that I trust a lot in the old players in this moment and we are reliable and more reliable and the new players because they need to continue to work with us and continue, continue to implement football knowledge. And then he went on to say, um, bloody, bloody, blah, um, at the same time, I'm really happy with the new signings. They're going to improve our process and will help us help us improve. But they have to know they have to fight. And I was just like, yeah, it might not have been word for word, but I think I said words to that effect. I don't think you said anything like that. I feel, oh, there's, a bit, I feel there's a bit of magic about what you did. <laughs> and that's why we're going into the it next segment. That's why we're going into the next segment, which is Bones' Mystical Garden. Okay, so that was the uh, the theme tune for the new segment. 
So, Bonesy, who do you predict for this weekend's eleven to face Chelsea? I think it'll pretty, pretty much be the same eleven. I think the only change he will make will be, I think, Sessegnon that will drop to the bench and Perisic will start. And what is your thinking behind that? I think Sessegnon, even though he played well, I think he still looks a bit sheepish. I think, although he was good going forward, I think he still doesn't trust himself totally. Whereas I think Perisic, I think part of the idea of bringing him on was to sort of warm him up for Chelsea. And I think... He's he's played in those big games. He's solid. He's solid. He's seasoned. I think he will be able to judge it better. And I don't think he will shy away from that challenge. I think I think Sessegnon will get there, but he still seems a little bit sheepish to me. So that's and is that is that come about by the application of logic and rational thinking, or is it? something that's been sent from the cosmos (laughs) Um, well when I was doing my little rain dance um, no it just yeah it just popped into my head like with regards to how we're going to set up because I was pretty impressed that he got the first 11 bang on I mean you know it was more or less the 11 that finished the season by the injury but that that was impressive to me I thought that was considering we signed all these players and all the talk has been about the signings I was impressed that Bonesy was 100% correct. Literally 100% correct. He stuck to his guns as well. He and did. And we called him a cunt. And, and we I, were the cunts. And, and maybe I'm wrong, but I just think because obviously we're only as good as our last game. And in the last game, we were really we played really well. Mm. So I don't think anyone deserves to get dropped. Um, so I think we'll start off pretty much the same. I just... There's still question marks for me over Sessegnon. So... I think Perisic would be a more solid fit. No, that sounds that sounds pretty reasonable. And what are your predictions for the scoreline? Oh, great one. That's always hard. That's always hard, especially away from home. Um, can we beat Chelsea? I think we can. I think we... I think confidence, <laughs> spirits are in the sky, and I think there's probably a lot of people that are feeling a bit too confident at the moment. Uh, but I think we can go there and do a job. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet, but um, it's again, it's more hope because if history has taught us anything, we don't get much at Stanford Bridge. I'm hoping for two-one. Well, okay, you heard it from the uh, the horse's mouth. That's 2-1 to any reckless gambler or uh, anyone who wants to, you know, throw a bit of energy out there and buy into this cosmic force that is Bonesy. Um, and that has been Bonesy's Mystic Garden. And next week, this segment will be cut because all my predictions will be completely wrong. And we'll be getting death threats <laughs> from lots of reckless gamblers who... You cost me my house. My wife's left. All, yeah. all press is good press. Yeah, I mean, if there's any if there's any bookmakers that want to get a part, be a part of this, then you know, PO Box, uh, Coys in the Hood Productions. There isn't a PO Box, but maybe there will be next week if it all goes well. Two one to Spurs. We're going with that. Uh, so Chelsea preview. I guess we 
probably should just expand it a little bit more. Uh, so Bonesy thinks two one. I uh, I think maybe I've caught a bit of the sight from Luke, uh, and I have seen. Um, I but I agree on the starting eleven basically. You're on Perisic. But I do yeah no I was going to say I think Sessegnon keeps his place, and and uh, Perisic will be the thirty minute man. Sessegnon will be the sixty minute man. If that's how we're doing fullbacks nowadays, will there be a one minute man? <laughs> I think that's me because I don't want no one minute man. <laughs> yeah, but oh, well, maybe, but um, but yeah, I I I I can't help but think it'll be one one, and it'll be we dominate, and it'll be we score through Kane, and then Sterling will nick one like in the ninetieth or something like that. Chelsea looked shit at the weekend against Everton, didn't they? They were they were, they were quite fortunate. I mean, Everton were poor. Deli Ali probably should have scored. They didn't look all that, but again, it's that it's that thing of we don't usually get much from Stanford Bridge in my lifetime. I can only remember winning there once, and that was a few years back. With uh, Delhi got two, didn't he? And, and Ericsson scored a well yeah. Thunder bastard. Yeah, I mean it was great. Um, I do think we're a good side. I do think we're more than good enough to beat them. More than good enough. I don't think they're that good at the moment. I think this is a perfect time to play them, but it's still Chelsea away, and we don't usually get much there. But yeah, I think we I think we can score. They they always have players that kind of know what it means to play us for them. I agree, but I think I think there's something different about us. But we can't get carried away at the yeah. moment because we just played one game. But I do think I do think there's something something different this time. But they've kept. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't. I don't yeah. think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think we're there to be rolled over. I don't think we're that. I don't think we're gonna concede many goals. And I think as well, it might play into our hands a little bit because them playing at home for like their first home game of the season, they're gonna be looking to be on the front foot. I imagine straight away, and if if they overcommit and try and push us into you know sitting deep again I think I think that that, that could works pick perfectly off, yeah. for us I think it's like yeah fine bring that that's what we're going to do you saw what we did to City last year we'll do it again and I think we're that we're that better at it now I think we look the amount of chances we're creating against teams when you think what we were doing with Nuno when we was very proud <laughs> I was proud of that performance. We weren't proud at all. When we we were three 0 down to them fuckers up the road, within twenty minutes, proud wasn't what I was feeling. It was not proud. There was not pride there. It was shit. This guy is a clown. Just just as a side note, I just remember Spurs TV doing an interview with him, and it was just about his beard, and that's kind of all he ever was. Oh yeah, asking his grooming techniques. Yeah, and it was like, who's the admin at Spurs, man? Why did they not ask him about his management techniques instead? Ask him why. Why don't you talk to the players? Why wouldn't Harry Winks is knocking on your door saying, "Oh, you know, why aren't I playing in midfield? Why aren't you playing me? Why don't you instead of closing the door in his face? Why don't you?" He's you know, gr- he was bit grooming of man his beard, though, isn't it? Put your arm around him, say, "Look, you ain't good enough, mate." And you know, unless you prove me otherwise, but keep working hard. You're a good lad. Simple, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Maybe that's. I don't know. Maybe that's that's not working. Um. Right. So, yeah, Chelsea. We 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 think what we're gonna we're gonna beat them. We're gonna do them. I'm hoping. It's hope. I'm hoping. I'm always hoping. Yeah, I'm never. I'm never gonna win. hope we don't win. This I game. can't. Like, I kind of think it's one of them. Win your home games. Draw your away hard away games. Mm. And I'll take a point now. Yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the big points, in it? When you go yeah. to them, them places, you nick points. They're the big points. They're the ones that, that, that get you the Champions League places at the end of the season. All right, so signings 
it looks like we've signed some young lad from Udinese. Have I, is that pronounced right? It is Udinese, isn't it? Udinese? Yeah. Udinese. Uh, Destiny Udo, Udogi. I think is that, that correct? sounds about right. Yeah. I think I've nailed that one, to be fair. Uh, loan, 20 million. Loan back to Udinese for a season. 21 million? I think it was about 20, yeah, from what I saw. And he's a left wing back, another wing back. Loves him. <laughs> so that says to me that he's looking, well, he, he's looking long term at having lots of wing backs. And probably binning off Reggie now. You got to think. It's a bit weird with Reggie, isn't it? It's a bit. It's a bit weird because it was a. He kind of flew out the traps when we'd signed this class footballer. And we were scared that Madrid were going to go. No, nah, no, nah, we, we're going to. They're going to play him back for forty million. I'd yeah. fucking drive him myself, and I don't even drive. <laughs> I'd take him. I'd, I'd, I'd find Taxi. a way. Forty million. <laughs> Christ. I think that's expired now as well. I don't think they can buy it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I okay. think it has. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, what do we know about him, Rev? Well, so. He is 19 years old. Uh, he, so in terms of wing backs, last season only one wing back contributed more goals in Syria than he did, right. and that was Ivan Perisic. Fuck. Yeah. So, that's but a he, fucking lovely stat. As a 19 year old, he's got five goals and three assists in 41 appearances. Right. You can't really fuck with those numbers as as he's so young. Is he a full international or is he still under 21? I don't think he's played for. Italy yet um, yeah I think he's an under 21 man yeah he's an under 21 man right but yeah you got to think like Conte I think I re- remember reading from Fabrizio Romano that Conte's kind of personally said this guy's mustard game and we have um, so it, it kind of feels like this is a Conte signing if there is such a thing it's a wing back so it's a Conte signing absolutely yeah but that's good isn't it like it's we're building, we're signing the younger players now, isn't it? And there was a period over the last decade or so when Poch was there, and we went. He was bringing players through. The, uh, the, the he was bringing the youth into the, into the squad, but we wasn't signing a lot of youth. And you know, prior to that, when Yo was there, and who's that? Who's the Danish guy that was there when Yo was there? Um, the director um, of football, yeah. Oh, Arneson. Arneson, yeah. And we were signing a lot of young players, and they ended, a lot of them end up becoming like good players for us. We we signed Huddleston, Dawson. Aaron Leno and Gareth Bale and it was a good little moment of signing young players and I think we can see that they were, we're kind of trying to go back to that model a little bit like this guy that was signed from Mets uh, Saar and obviously this guy was signed today it looks like we're, we're trying to get these younger players back in obviously Kulazewski's only 22 it's good isn't it like we look like we're building for the future like and not just relying on what may or may not be in our academy which what I can gather we've got a few few little little starlets in there little gems for the want of a, a nice footballing cliche starlet but I think um, in a way I don't know whether it's sort of Conte and Patrici Paratici Patrici Paratici um, meeting Paratici. meeting Levy halfway because obviously Levy's backed Conte and he signed a few players and strengthened the side but also at the same time it's the the, the Spence signing and the this signing and the the SAR signing obviously that was last year they see, they sort of say to me they're Levy signings because it's not about the immediate future it's about the future Conte's always talked about wanting to compete now 
Do you know what I mean? Whereas these ones are competing for the future. So I think it's maybe a half and half where Levy has backed Conte, given him a taster of what he wants, but also in terms of long term, he's putting a few nuggets, a few carrots in front of Conte as well for the future to say, well, we still need to do our business. We still need to get some young players in in order to develop them and sell them on, which we've, we have been known for that over the years. That Saar's been linked with AC Milan. He's, um, they're saying that that could be a loan for, for a season. Mm. I don't know if you've picked up on that. I, I, I mean, personally, I'd think Saar would be better off if we're going to loan him, loan him to a Premier League team, get let him sort of get up to speed with the Premier League. Right, I mean, we've got, we got a few things going on, I suppose. They're talking about Gil potentially going back to Spain, uh, Lo Celso, and, and Dombele potentially going to Villarreal. There's a few bits and pieces going. Um, Tanganga's, that's, not, that's completely cool with AC Milan, isn't it, that one? Don't want to get too too deep into that one, because it's, it's that, like, it nothing's does. really concrete, is it? It's just a load of nonsense flying around at the moment. Yeah. There's no point pulling it apart, I'm sure. It'll all unfold. How long left of the transfer... Transfer window like two or three weeks. I think it's September, isn't it? Was it's it September? the first week of September, I think. So there's nearly a month of yeah. transfer window yeah. left. Here. So it's, yeah, the, the hearsay. It's yeah. I'm not really looking mm. to dive into that too much. Although Zaniolo seems there seems to be some reports today that mm. we've bid for him, uh, or we've we've put an offer for a loan in, with an option to buy, which has been kicked back. They don't want it. They want more money, or I think. Yeah, I mean. It did seem, I've read that, and I think it was about 33 to 38 million euros, I think it was. But it was a loan with an obligation to buy, but the obligation meant that he had to play 50% of the games and we had to qualify for Champions League. Now, if he's as good, I mean, he's he's been raved about for a little bit, hasn't he? He's back up for, he's back up for Kulazewski, isn't he? I mean, I don't, I don't know about backup, I mean... He's got to assume that he's going. To, he's, is he going to leave Roma to come and sit on the bench at Spurs? I was going to say, like it, it is all of the business that we seem like we're trying to do. It, it seems like part of a cohesive strategy for the team. Like we're we're not we're not thinking, oh, he's going to be on the bench. We're thinking he's going to contribute. Like Charles is going to contribute. I think we're so used yeah. to seeing Spurs have an eleven, which is decent over over the last. You know, there's been periods where you know we've had to put up with Winks and Sissoko and we've for Champions League finals and stuff like that. But essentially, over the last, you know, I was looking at the squads uh, over the last ten years or so. We've had we've had good we've had good we've had a good eleven. When everyone's fit, our eleven's been as good as mm. you know most teams in the top six or seven, or well, maybe the team that ends up winning the league. But we're so used to having a good eleven and not a good squad and not having the squad depth. That when we are signing players that are potentially not going to start, we're kind of questioning it. I'm like, well, they're not going to play. But when you see City and Chelsea and all these teams that have got fucking a bench and Liverpool a bench full of quality, yeah. you think, look at yeah. look, 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 they got on their bench. You think, fuck me, look at that bench. And now it's like we've never had that. Do you no. know what I mean? And yeah. I, for, for me personally, you might not agree. This is just how I feel. Whenever I sit, well, last last year we played Liverpool, I looked at their bench and I was like, mate, they could bring on like Firmino, they can bring on. I don't think Salah played in that game that we played them last year where we ended up drawing with them. 
so they can pull all these players off the bench and we ain't got nothing like yeah. that mm. and now we're kind of trying to do business like that to have this squad so on the bench we've actually got a fucking yeah, some weapon area there that we can actually hurt teams with it's like it's, it, it's, it's kind of being questioned it's like yeah. oh they're not going to play they're not going to play that often. It's like, well, that's, that's, you've got the wrong mentality. That's 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 a that's a small club mentality. In that you should be thinking your squad needs to be elite from top to bottom. But that's they, how you that's how you win trophies. That's how you, these teams have all won trophies. Do you not find that the pundits and that question have questioned us with with Richarlison and uh, he's not gonna he's not gonna play. Um, but then at the same time, Man City at the weekend they had. Um, Who's it on the bench? They had Mares on the bench, and they had their, the new uh, the new signing Calvin Phillips sat on the bench. No one's questioning. No one questioned Calvin Phillips going. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're not used to having these options on the bench and going for players, even though we've got players quality players in the positions already. Because City go and do it all, all year yeah. round. They go and buy Grealish for hundred million. Did not need Grealish. They didn't need him. Hundred million when when they got him. I remember reading somewhere that. And this might be tongue in cheek, but Klopp kept Origi around long enough because he scored enough goals in certain, like he scored against Everton all the time, and he, and it was kind of like, I'm sure that the the the, the sports scientists behind the scenes are looking at that and going, so I, I have a theory that we signed Richarlison because he, he he won the most fouls last year, and Conte's looking to make us a set piece sort of team because he's got a set piece coach, but I'm sure that top level managers are looking at sort of the minute details like that and th- like we, we sort of think oh well Bergwijn should play because of this and but obviously there, were, there was something that Bergwijn was lacking and that's obviously why he's gone and we're, we're sort of thinking we're sort of thinking just keep the, the first 11 and I think that's outdated now like, as we it is saying. I think we, it was yeah. that romance that we had with Poch that our first 11 was just it, no one could get into it we, we were like who are we going to sign who's going to get into this team it was a, such a weird Kind of mentality to have is because we didn't, you know, we didn't actually win anything, but yet we was all like, who are we going to sign to replace any of these players? There's no one out there good enough. I remember it was that, kind of yeah. a little weird cycle we were in. I didn't, and yeah. even, it was like some weird, weird paradox. But now it's a case of right, right, we've got these players, we've got quality on the bench, we can call upon extra quality. Conte's a Conte's a better manager than 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 Pochettino. You, you know, there's, 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 that's, that's not out there to be discussed, I don't think. Facts on the table, yeah. Yeah, you know, we can pull up the data if you want to do that. But Conte's done done his done his you know, he's he's done his work and he's he's won his trophies. That's no that's no like shitting on Poch, like love Poch still. But like you think that the in game management of of Antonio Conte is is that of he knows how to utilize his squad yeah and he's got a plan B he's got a plan A he's got a plan B and he's probably got a plan C all of which are sort of like about wing backs so he's one is, wing back like, I need another after. wing back front of wing back in there but in all seriousness I think that Conte knows how to manage his squad yeah. you you don't spend like I've I've seen and heard and you guys have probably had the same a lot of flack about Richarlison like he's this week for some reason more than most maybe because he missed the first game he's not getting into our team he's just going to sit on the bench no, no, and I, no. it's, it's exactly as you've been saying the mentality is not that he's a bench there's a player lot of, there's a lot of football there's a lot of, and when a player needs a rest they get a rest now yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where Kane hasn't ever had a rest since he's played there, and he gets injuries, and he's thrown back in straight away. He gets injured probably because he needs a rest. He gets thrown back in early, and he needs, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a, 
we're, we're so that's my point we're so used to seeing it over the years time and time again that it's like our 11's our 11's impenetrable when fully fit and it's like it's not the mentality that the clubs that win the trophies have they yeah. don't no actually Salah's not playing today he's on the bench it's like, well, how can you not play Salah how's Salah not starting that game he's your best player because he needs a rest and I've got other players that can, can do that job and are doing that job I mean I'd be interested to see I mean Richarlison was a big player for Everton last year um, helped keep him up with some vital goals towards the end of the season and he, he he's like he's the main striker for Brazil mm. I mean you you can see head of Gabriel Jesus by the way just putting out who? <laughs> who? oh yeah some mush that went to Arsenal wasn't it um, but yeah I'd be interested to see I mean you can see how much a lot of our players have come on under Conte they look leaner they look fitter they look meaner they all look like they know what they're doing I'd be interested to see I, I think Richarlison might be a bit of a slow burn I don't think you're going to see an instant impact from him but I'd say a couple of months before you start seeing him and if he I mean if Conte can have get anything like what he can get out of players he can get out of Richarlison I think we've got a good sign in there I absolutely agree I, and I'm, I'm excited about Richarlison as well because I think yeah. he, he offers back up to Kane and Son and potentially Kulazewski as well um, although he's predominantly played out on the left for the most part of his career in the Premier League and he can win his own spot and exactly right he can win his own spot and you know what he's not played Champions League football yet and I think that's where we play him yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be so hungry for the Champions League because like in in loads of like league winning teams as well. Like I'm not saying we're gonna win the league this year, although I am. But uh, there's always a random there's always a random player that like uh, trying to think for Liverpool. Like I feel like Milner and Henderson when they were like trying to fight for the league stepped up and their their form went and they were getting noticed in the papers and stuff like that. And we've never we've only had the starting eleven and they didn't really deviate from their form. They were still doing pretty well. Whereas now we have someone who can come on and they might get a couple of vital goals. And yeah, that's that's what we need, really. I think there's there's, a lot, we'll, there, 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 there's there's quality and depth, isn't there? And you know, the window isn't yeah. closed yet and we're still getting it with players. If Zaniolo is a player that Conte wants and it's the old cliche, if the manager wants him, then, then go and get him, give him the money. <laughs> but yeah, if Conte wants him, then yeah, yeah go, go and get him. And if he doesn't play, then that's unfortunate. But the Celso ain't playing and Dombley ain't playing they're sitting around doing fuck all taking, their, yeah. taking a wage so if you've been them if Conley doesn't want them then get them out of there and if there is gonna, if there's going to be someone on the bench sitting there taking a wage it might as well be someone the manager wants yep mm-hmm. so absolutely yeah alright well let, let's um, let's throw that there we we did a shittest 11 of the Premier League area um you know, we, we, I think we've been talking pretty positively in this podcast. I mean, obviously, we, we spoke about Chelsea being somewhat difficult to get any points. But it's been pretty positive overall, I think. So we're going to take it negative now. We're going to talk about the shittest 11 of the Premier League era. Let's see where we've come from. Yeah, so basically what we did, we to just to quickly put, put some context into it, we someone mentioned who listens to the podcast that when we were talking about the shittest signing of the Premier League era they said that we should probably look at the shittest 11 of the Premier League era so that's what we've done so what we did we put all positions uh, all 11 starting positions into a hat plus four substitutes we divvied them up anonymously 
and then we wrote down on those positions whichever five uh, we picked up the players that we nominated to be the shittest of the Premier League era. And it was everyone stuck to Premier League, right? I did. I did oh, check that. I hope so. <laughs> did you did, did you deviate from the Premier League? The league sometimes forgets. Right. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. It's it, it. If it if it hasn't worked out, it doesn't matter. This isn't a real podcast. This is just a bunch of guys sitting in uh, my spare room drinking faxi and vaping and. Did I just drop one on the floor? I fucking lost one already. Um, anyway, look, let's just see what we pulled out. So this is the shittest Tottenham eleven. What we believe to be between the three of us, but we'll pull it apart. You know, it might not be quite. So I'm gonna I'm gonna open up the first one, right? We got centre back, right? And we'll go through them again at the end once we've opened them. But I'm gonna, I got, so I'm gonna place them on this on this flat surface here in yeah. the positions that they in the formation. Play the players. So in this their is positions. a four. This is a four four two. Uh, this is a four four two formation. No wing backs in this one. No wing backs. <laughs> At centre back, first centre back, we've got Ricardo Rocha. Now we'll we'll get back to it afterwards. Um in fact no we won't, we'll go for it now. Who 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 have you who have you picked Ricardo Rocha? I, I picked Ricardo Rocha. And okay, so what, tell me what your thinking was behind so Ricardo Rocha. We signed him and he, I remember like early on I was quite young, but he said I was prejudiced under like Juan de Ramos and Harry Redknapp will save me. But I just remember every time he played, he was fucking awful. Um, he was shy. He just, he just never, he just lost his man all the time. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like one of the, because there was a period of time where we just signed random people from Portugal. I think we just signed them because he had like, we got to it was just he had a, a, an exotic name. He was a bit it was a bit romantic. We had this kind of player with a with a you know Ricardo Rocha. It's like sound it sounds it sounds lovely. Marco Cibertio. <laughs> you know, I prefer That's my, it, I prefer, yeah, I prefer my real name. Thanks, <laughs> your yeah. your name is exotic enough, Mark. Don't say my name. <laughs> Leave names out of it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, so I so I did a bit of research when I was I was looking into why we signed him, and the reason we did is because Ros, Ronnie Rosenthal turned into an agent and managed Ricardo Rocha. Wow! And said to Daniel Levy, "This guy's good. Let's sign him." Well, let's see if Ronnie Rosenthal made it into the shittest eleven of Premier League. Yeah. Well, you know, that would be love for Ronnie. That'd be harsh if yeah. that'd be harsh if he did make it in because he had done some glory. Yeah. He had done some shit, but he had done some. There's some that, that hat trick he scored was one of the best hat tricks I've ever seen. Okay, so the next one we've got is central midfield, and that is Jason Dazelle. That was my pick. Oh, oh, oh! That was my pick. We might have him twice then. <laughs> So that's a double shit start. Double Jason. So this is, this is okay. So just just to give a bit of like insight, there there is a reason we pick subs just in case people were picked twice. So we can put them onto the side if they were picked twice. All right. So Jason Dazelle, Bonesy, why did you pick Jason Dazelle? Because he refused to play. He thought he was playing rugby. It was either <laughs> to the side or backwards. He wouldn't play a forward pass. I think one season though he did he did score a few goals for us. That's how bad we were at the time. <laughs> when he's scoring goals, yeah. I think he was like kind of a record signing signing from Ipswich at the time. I think he was he was quite good at Ipswich. We signed him and he was just like, what what is happening here? He just slowed the game down and yeah, it was always sideways or backwards, sideways or backwards. That's all. That's the only way he played football. Okay. Next position we've got left back and we've got Gilberto. Oh, 
yeah, that was that was me again. And I, I actually went onto YouTube for this one because I remember him being bad, but when I watched the highlights, I was like, this guy is the worst player I think I've ever seen. He was a clown. He used to give away penalties. He would chop people up like when there was no need because he was. It was so easy to get by him. Brazilians weren't, f- you know, obviously you, you've got Cafu and and Roberto Carlos, but they were Michael. famous for being attacking, yeah. uh, you know, wing-backs. Yeah, we didn't play wing-backs, we played Gilberto as a left-back, and he was pretty shite, to be fair. Yeah, that's a fair one. Yeah, that's I a fair th- one. I think I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, I think that's a fair one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, he started one game and he was substituted at half-time in most games that he played or something like that. Yeah, shite, honestly. So next up we got goalkeeper. I mean, most people won't know this one. You <laughs> yeah. might, you might know it. Yeah, me again. I think. No, I got, I got a goalkeeper as well. Oh. Uh, there's two goalkeepers in there. Oh. So this is my goalkeeper. This is Lars Hirschfeld. Never, heard, never of heard of him. Never heard of him. He was just a third choice goalkeeper from yesteryear. I think he made maybe one appearance for Spurs, and yeah, it was a a signing, a pointless signing, probably just a bolster up the numbers you know when you need a third goalkeeper you just pull him from anywhere but yeah I just remember his name being in and around the club during like the late 90s I think it was and yeah I just thought it was hilarious that his name just popped up and I was like yeah he was just another pointless squad but we won't put him in there just yet because I'm interested to see who Rav's picked as a goalkeeper yeah I mean because we've had some good goalkeepers over the years to be fair like we haven't had too many shite ones like even like Jorge Gomez weren't terrible like I mean I thought Gomez was good but sorry Luke yeah go on no I was going to say it was a good it was probably a good um, thing that I didn't get picked with a goalkeeper from the Premier League era because I would have picked someone not from the Premier League era ah right okay and it would have been Mr Bobby Mims Bobby Mims Butterfingers right so we've got right back at right back we've got Alton Thelwell that was my pick (laughs) okay (laughs) I've heard the name, I don't know the, the face. I remember Alton Thelwell. Only a vague recollection, but you know, I think he just got terrorised when he played for us. I don't think he made too many appearances. Um, he was like League Cup man. Yeah. He, he uh, Maybe he'd come on at last five minutes. I think it was under Yell, wasn't it? Or was it before Yell, like uh, Glenn Hoddle? I think, I think Glenn it might Hoddle. have been under Glenn Hoddle. Yeah, he was, was he through the academy? Uh, I don't know. You didn't do any digging on on any of these players. I I, I was expecting conviction. I, I was I was struggling. I was struggling with um, right backs. No, but it's all right because I mean I would have gone. These I, are players that you think are shit in your lifetime. These are shit. These are done fuck all for Spurs. We had them. They're around long enough to do something, and they didn't. Hazard. Yeah. All right, let's move on then, it? Oh, this is one of my ones. Left wing, Wayne Routledge. Oh. Yeah, no, that's... We worked hard to sign him from Palace, if I remember rightly. I think it was Hoddle that tried to sign him, wasn't it? Yeah, was it Hoddle? I think so. Or was it Yull? I, th- I remember Lennon took his spot, so it must be Yull, right? I think we might have signed Routledge and Lennon at the same time. Yeah. I think we did. I think we signed at the same time and Wayne, Wayne Routledge got injured. And Lennon just took his spot, and that was the end of his career for Spurs. But Ryan Routledge was a lot of hype with him. He had a really good season with Crystal Palace. He was looking like he was going to be like a young prospect. We kind of 
we put a lot of time into trying to sign him. We signed him and he did, I don't ever remember him playing for, I don't ever remember him playing for Spurs. But he did have a career after Spurs. I think he went on and played for Swansea yeah. and done a few bits. But fuck me, do, do you remember Do you remember him ever playing for Spurs? No. That was a long, long stretch that transfer saga yeah. that summer. Did fuck all, did nothing for us. Wayne Routledge, left wing. Right. Next up, we have another central midfielder and we are we are having this one come up last week just briefly in the conversations central midfield John Bostock yeah I think that was I think that might have been my pick yeah I'd go with that I think it was because yeah similar to what you were just saying about Routledge we worked so hard and he was meant to be the next big thing weren't he Bostock and we worked hard for him and was it from Palace yeah, we uh, we 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 cut a few corners, tribunals, and, and a bit of shitazery, and yeah, duggery signing that guy. And then he come in, and we well, didn't even come in, did he? he? Didn't he hardly featured and I just think, sort of disappeared? I think he made a couple of appearances in the league, and another one, league, mm. maybe maybe uh, Europa League or UEFA Cup, whatever it was called back then. But yeah, I don't think even I don't think he even played football for. I think he went to like, I want to say he went to like. In Turkey or something was like that. Belgium second division or something. It was something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know where he went. I mean, I don't know if you can quickly pull up John Bostock on uh, Wikipedia and see what happened to him. Yeah, John Bostock. Just a disappointment, isn't it? Yeah, plenty of that. We've had plenty of that. We've got plenty yeah. more to come. We've got a few more. We're not even halfway yet. Yeah, we're not even. But so he ended up Swindon, Sheffield Wednesday, Royal Antwerp, Old Leuven. I don't even know how you, if I've said that properly. Lens, Bursa Sport, Toulouse, Doncaster Rovers. That's where he is now. Wow. Illustrious career. And that was after all that hype and all that nonsense that went on. Yeah. So the next one I've got is forward. Ooh. It's the first of the forwards. Jamie Slabber. I've heard. Care? Name. Jamie Slabber. He he come through our, our youth system. Mm-hmm. He comes from Enfield. He's so one of our own. He's one of our own. And he was another great white hype. He never lived up to it. He made one Spurs appearance. I don't know who it was against. He did fuck all. He didn't score any goals. And we binned him to Swindon. And then he spent the most of his days playing lower league football until he called it a day playing for Grey's Athletic. But yeah, he was quite hyped up, Jemmy Slabo. The Hoddle years, I think Hoddle hyped him up that he was going to be some, yeah, he was going to be some sort of like superstar at Spurs. We've had we've had we've had a few over the years that do well uh, in the in the academy and for the under twenty ones or the reserves as it was as it was known. But yeah, he was too Bob. Jay will know about Jamie Slabber. Jay, yeah. Jay remembers Jamie Slabber. Well, so I was just looking at his Wikipedia, right, and he's played for Grays Athletic. Five times. Uh, well, he's got to be a hero, don't you? But he like so. But he's left and come back, so he's returned to Grey's Athletic. Like so, a bad smell. Yeah, so he's one of their own. Uh, they can have him. That's what yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. But yeah, there was a little bit of romance and a bit of there was a bit a bit of something about him that was kind of. It might have just been me on the on the. There wasn't Twitter back in the day. It was news now, and. I just remember his name getting banned about Hoddle we used to get him, get gets guessed about him. But yeah. So Kane goes bad. That's kinda of what yeah. Yeah, I mean who who knew about Kane before before Kane, you know? It was I did. I said it. <laughs> I was that, waiting for that's that. That's who said it, I said it. <laughs> who called it? I did. I told you about Kane. No one believed me. 
Right, we've got another centre back. This is a, this is another very 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 valid one. Vlad Kirikes. Oh yeah, that, that's me again. I, I I think I feel like I had most of the defence, but Kirikes was just like he was supposed to be good on the ball. So I thought, I think yeah, AVB wanted a ball playing centre back, but every time he dribbled the ball out, he'd get tackled in there tour from memory. But like when you want to, where would he come from? He came from. Stour Bucharest. When you want ball playing centre centre backs, you don't go to Stour Bucharest. That's no. not that's that's where Lever used to go. That's not where we go anymore. That's why Peretici is dealing with the signings now. You don't go to Stour Bucharest to find a ball playing centre mm. off. Right. Okay. Enough said about that, dickhead. He is he <laughs> yeah. he is cemented in that first eleven. And again, probably a lovely bloke. What question? I don't know about as a human. He said. He said. He, have you seen that video of him like drunk? Like he was just shit facing Romania, and he was. Yeah, but if you're gonna go Romania, you might as well. Yeah, but he was just stumbling through the snow, like slipping over his shit. I think he had a game the next week or something. But yeah. Okay, so we're on to right wing, and we've got Clinton and G and Jai and J. I think that G. might have been me. Clinton and G. It was it you, Banzi? I think it might have been yeah. So Banzi, what what is your reasoning that he got a good assist against City when we beat him four one for Lamella? But that's about all he did. Yeah. Just toilet, wasn't he? He was, he was just toilet. And there was, it was another point, that was a pointless signing, wasn't it? It was like, there was so much, there was like hype around him and at the time, we were doing well under, I think it was, yeah, we were doing well under Poch and we were like, and you just thought, ah, oh, because Poch was the manager, you, you automatically assumed that Poch had a say over that signing Probably not, because he hardly featured, hardly played, and yeah, was subsequently just no, shipped back I'll, over I'll, to France. I'll back that. I think that's. I think yeah. that's justified. He I've, did very little. He didn't get a lot of. He didn't get a lot of a chance, but it was a pointless signing. Yeah, I think it's one of them where we we wanted Mane, and then we looked at the the stats and were like, yeah, this guy's like Mane. But he plays in the French League or where, wherever he was. And where is he now? In Russia. I think I think he's at Spartak Moscow or something. Um, Don't question his morals if he's still taking the wage out of there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Man's got what what eat, kind though. of man is he? Man's got to eat. <laughs> oh, he's a dynamite Moscow. Oh no, it's Sivaspor. He moved to Sivaspor like today. Oh, is it? Like, or this week, yeah. Was that for geopolitical reasons? Uh, I... Yeah, I don't think he's part of the UN, man. I don't, I don't think so. All right, well, you know, a man's got to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. A man's got to eat. Right, okay. So, okay, we've already had that one. So, so that last one I pulled was Jason Dezel. We've already had that. So, we're going to put that on the side. So, we've, we've established Jason Dezel is not liked around these parts. <laughs> but he's so good he's on the bench as well. We're, as he's so good he's come up twice. So, Jason Dezel is, is in. He's definitely in that midfield. Yeah. Right, okay. We've got another centre-back here. Is he going to dislodge the two centre backs we've got? So we've currently got Ricardo Rocha and Vlad uh, Kirikes, yeah? This is going to be my one. Stuart Nevercott. I'll leave this one to you because I've never, I don't know who this man he is. He was dog shit and he was dog shit in a time when our centre backs were dog shit. <laughs> so I think he could dislodge one of these. I think he could potentially dislodge Kirikes. Yeah. I don't think Kirikes, Kirikes was crap, but he wasn't that crap. He was all right. He, he, he had a career after, and we had like you got to remember we had, you know, Vatonga at that time, and I think you know there's a couple of half decent centre halves we had at the time. Kariquez, 
I think he could be. I think shouldn't have got it. Was 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 we had it. Who did we have at the time? Dean Austin. Yeah, he was close. Justin Edinburgh, Mabber, Colin Calderwood, Razor Ruddock. Oh, some bats, some terrible but, fucking. Uh, was Mabbot? Mabbot was a good good. Yeah, but was he at the end of his sort of? Yeah, I'd say the early nineties was probably yeah the early part of the nineties. Oh, was that when? Oh, sorry, mid nineties was, was probably. Yeah. I think like mid nineties, Gary Mabbot called it a yeah, day, yeah. didn't he? I think after he got that injury from. John Fashioner, I think that was kind of he was ready to yeah. quit a day then because it was it was a bad injury. It was a very bad injury. Um, so we're taking out Kirikas for Stuart Nevercott, yeah. I think that's yeah. We're agreeing on that. Okay. I back that. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Okay, so he's going in there with Jason Dozel who's picked twice. Fuck man, imagine imagine Dozel ever listens to this pod. Not that's ever going to happen, but I thought he's guessing next twice. week. He got picked twice. He's guessing next weekend, is he? Uh, his his boy plays for uh, QPR. Oh, yeah. He could be. Could could he be picked a third time? <laughs> no, he couldn't. No, because there's only um, uh, potentially could. Yeah, but he... now we've we've had we've had all the positions. Ah, right. Right. So we got another forward. We got Muna El Hamdoui. Oh man. So this one's kind of personal to me because go. I just started supporting Spurs, as in I'd always kind of supported them. But this is when you know when you start you're getting into football and. And we signed this guy, right? Under, I think he was under Yale. And uh, he, he's in pre-season. He's a legend. He's, uh, I think we won on his debut. And then I think he scored against Northampton. And I was just a little little kid. So I was like, oh, yeah, come on. This guy's going to be... He's going to lead us to Premier League glory or whatever. And then, like, he made zero appearances for us and then left on a free... So he just sat on our bench. I think he did some bits. Didn't he go to Excelsior after he left us? He did some... No, no, he kept, we, we signed him from Excelsior. Oh, right. I thought he went back there. But I think he went to like Ajax and Fiorentina. And yeah, he scored a few goals. He did but... some bits for a bit. I, mean, I, I, I seem to remember him being the most prolific goal scorer in Europe for a hot minute. I think that was... So, yeah, Is so that right? Excelsior, he got 74 appearances, 32 goals. That's not bad. But for us, he got zero appearances and zero goals. Yeah, and he was he was hot shit apparently. Yeah. According to was it Glenn Hoddle again? I think. Well, he's on the yell, so I oh, feel okay. like it, I feel like I'm throwing a lot of shit at Hoddle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah my dad doesn't like Hoddle. Maybe it's rubbing off on me. Yeah, but yeah, like I remember just thinking, this guy's he's got an exotic name. He's gonna he's gonna come in and take the Premier League by storm. I had his Panini sticker, and he was fucking shit. He didn't even play for us. You had a, you 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 were back at him. I was, and how wrong I was. Well, you know, you, you won't be the first Spurs supporter to back a player that's failed, so... Yeah, so we've got two more left, <laughs> and it's we've got we've got our 11 here, by the way. We've actually got our 11, so these are just players that are going to dislodge those 11 for being shitter than the 11 that are already there, which is quite a sad state of affairs. So we've got another goalkeeper, Ben Olnwick. Again, this was me. Go uh, Rev. Yeah. So I... I was just researching for this and I saw that he made two appearances for us both against Burnley and he conceded seven goals oh he's got he's in there he's yeah. in there I can't put Lars Hirschfeld in there over that yeah and Lars, he Lars was Hirschfeld, hot, it could be you know I mean he could have done bits elsewhere like that is that is a crazy stat you've pulled up there right yeah only seven, seven goals seven goals against Burnley yeah so there was one season where they got relegated I think we finished fourth and they beat us 4-2. Oh, uh, I remember that game. Bale scored in that game. Yeah. Oh. I think Modric scored as well, like a banger. What was Olwick doing anywhere near that game? Uh, no clue. But then also in the League Cup semi-final, 
it was it was like free. Do you remember when it, they had that weird rule where it goes to extra time, even though it's away goals. So oh yeah, 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 and that Burnley were beating us three nil, and it's only because Defoe and Pavlichenko came on or something, but he was fucking awful in that game. I remember watching it, thinking, "This guy's never playing for a Premier League club." Ben Onwick, he it is Ben, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, it Ben Onwick, you're in there, mate. Sorry, bro. This is the worst Unlucky, Tottenham mate. eleven, and we got one guy who's left. I think this is uh, what we got. What we got? What we got. What we have. It's another forward, and we got Bobby Zamora. Ooh. One appearance, no goals for Spurs. Yeah? Yeah. Did you, did you, was that your pick? It was me, yeah. Bobby Zamora, no goals. He so got one, what, I think he yeah. got one goal in the League Cup against West Ham, but in the Premier League, I think he got one start, no goals. Ravi, back me up there. Yeah. Well, I'm, 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 I'm looking for that. But, so, because he had a decent Premier League career. But I'm talking about Spurs. Yeah. I'm talking about Spurs. So no, I, no, there's another player that we... Another we, 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 we courted. Here's another hodl signing. Fuck yeah. me. There's a pattern of virgin. Yeah. We courted him for a long time. There's a lot of linkage. I think we linked to him for like two or three seasons. Bobby, like Bobby Zamora was always coming up in the yeah. fucking back pages of the sun. Spurs are going for Bobby Zamora. He's doing bits of Brighton. Yeah. He's, he smashed it. Hoddle was horny for him. Absolutely sodden for him. And we eventually signed him and he didn't play because I think we yeah. signed Defoe in the same fucking transfer window. But back me up, have you, have you pulled up the, the stats? So I've got the stats in front of me. For Premier League. What, Wikipedia. What is, so what Premier League, you made one appearance and oh, no goals. Yeah, Something right. stupid like that. Um, so I mean, you got 16 total appearances for us. Right. Um, yeah, it says it was 16 in the Premier League. But zero goals, man. Yeah, zero goals. So I feel like he... Come with more gusto than Jamie Slabber. Jamie Slabber was just a name I picked out because of it, it was a funny thing that I remember. I think I'm, I think I'm going to pull out Jamie Slabber, who is also my and put Bobby Zamora in there. Do you think I'm being harsh there? No, I mean I didn't. He was shit think, for Spurs, wasn't he? I didn't think he was that bad. No, a goal scorer with zero goals. No, but just but I don't know whether that was clouded. What are by, your prerequisites for a striker? Bundy? But I don't know whether that was that's been clouded because obviously I'm getting on a bit. And my memory's fading, and the fact he's that forty he, years old, the fact that Fulham, he done really well at Fulham. I think that's sort of yeah. That's kind of, that's I know I that's from, clouded my yeah. memories of him. But no one knows who Jamie Slabber is, isn't it? No. So there's no kind of association there. So I'm, no. I think we should squeeze him in there because he was shit for Spurs. Yeah, he come with all the gusto. He come on on the on the wings of like a bit of hype. You know, he's doing bits for Brighton, and Brighton weren't a good side. In them days, yeah, they were championship one. He, he was good yeah. for Brighton, though. He's got all kinds of yeah. fucking records. Know, as, as a strike partnership, do you think Elham Dewey and Z- uh, Zamora work for the shittest? I celebrity? think I think people remember Zamora for what he did for Fulham, and he was good for Fulham. Yeah. And the QPR, he wasn't terrible. But no, fuck it, we'll stick him in there. Bollocks. Now put him in, yeah, yeah. Fuck Zamora. He um, played for West Ham as well, so that exactly. I think his only goal for Spurs yeah. came against West Ham as well. Um, so that's it. That so is funny. that is the eleven. So we're going to go for it now. So in goal we had Ornwick conceded seven goals against Burnley. I think that cements his place in the all-time shittest eleven. Left back Gilberto, centre off Ricardo Rocha and Stuart Nethercott. Right back Alton Felwell. In midfield we've got at left wing Wayne Routledge, Jason Dazelle in centre midfield alongside John Bostock, and at right wing we have Clinton and Up front we've gone for. Munir Elhamdoui and Bobby Zamora. And I think it's fair to say that team would get fucking relegated <laughs> every time. It, They've been in the conference league. Yeah. That's a shit team. <laughs> not, the, not the Europa Conference no. league. That's a terrible team. 
But I'm sure for anyone who's going to be listening to this, is going to have their own players and their own. You know, they they might they might disagree. They might think, yeah, they might us in. Oh man, Clinton and Jai was was a sick player, man. But yeah, they, they might be a bit of love there for Gilberto or Dazelle or Zamora, whoever the fuck it was. But essentially, this is who we've picked. This was anonymous. We had five players to pick, <laughs> and this is who we chose, and this is what we come up with, and it is a very very shit eleven. I want to take a photograph of that because it looks quite nice on the on the table. And I, honestly, I you, you think about some of the signings we've made that were correct, like Bale, like Modric, like these are sort of the similar sort of punt where it's like these guys could be good, but yeah, it's just it's just funny to me anyway that we've signed some players that went on to be world class and then. Considering how much shit we've yeah. had over this, this wasn't an easy task. No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't, so it wasn't an easy task. So, yeah, I guess uh, we'll look at... I guess we kind of wrap that there. We've been going for a bit longer than usual this time around. It's a bit longer. It's about an hour and 20 minutes or so. But, yeah, it's been a good one. Uh, thank you for your insight, Bonesy. And your, uh, your, your wizardry. Thank you. Don't curse me. Uh, Rev again thank you for your tactical analysis and your uh, data no problem yeah okay this has been episode 5 we've done the shittest 11 we've done Chelsea we've done Southampton and now we're gonna wrap it so come on you Spurs fucking A